0: This week's episode of the Stretch 4 Fantasy Basketball Podcast is sponsored by Smile Brilliant. So man, I just got a quote from my dentist and it was like $300 to correct my teeth grinding. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I can pay that. What did you do?
1: So, I was having some issues with stress and anxiety as well. And I found out about a company called Smile Brilliant. Smile Brilliant's a company that has a lab direct process that you can get the same custom fitted night guards for as little as $45 per guard. So big money saver right there. Additionally, they've got custom fitted teeth whitening trays and the Kari Pro electric toothbrush. So they've got lots of ways that you can, you know, work with your smile and get, get a whiter teeth at the same time.
0: Appreciate that, man. I'll definitely check it out. And you should too. Head over to www.smilebrilliant.com and use code STRETCH4, that's stretch F-O-U-R, at checkout for 30% off. Once again, that's SmileBrilliant.com and use code STRETCH4 at checkout. We're also brought to you by Underline, a new and exciting platform to play NBA over and under player props. It's really simple. Just pick anywhere from two to five players from at least two teams and predict that they will go over or under their projected stat line. And you could win up to 20 times your entry value. Underline's unique approach allows content creators to move the line on their two favorite props every day. So be sure to follow us on Twitter for our daily picks using code stretch4, that's stretch F-O-U-R, and reap all the benefits. And to get started, just remember to go to underlinefantasy.com. stretch Four nba podcast with your host dan titus and nba fantasy experts alex burns zach hanshu and adam Kaufler. what up what up nba fans dan titus here at the stretch Four fantasy podcast we are in officially championship season for most of you that play yahoo and and I guess other leagues are probably in the championship right now, but those are playing ESPN or those that decided to keep it extended a little bit longer, still battling, have one more week left. So we're going to deliver you guys the last week strategy. We have some pretty big news coming out of the NBA Zion Williamson. We're recording this on Saturday, but Zion Williamson has been ruled out for the season with a finger, a finger fracture and Brandon Ingram's out indefinitely. We did see a couple people or at least one person of notable, interest make a return to play that's zach levine and it looks like De'Aaron fox could also be nearing his return from his almost two-week hiatus but guys want to talk to you about how last week went how are you doing in your fantasy championships i know bernsey and i are battling out for third place in an, in a uh, fantasy pros league right now we're really close i think i'm going to eke it out but uh yeah where are you guys standing in your leagues and what were your thoughts on last week and it's
1: hard to overcome all the injuries that I've had on my squad. I'm in uh, this will come out Monday. I'm likely to lose in my championship. You know, I've got guys like Kevin Porter Jr. who's who got hurt. De'Aaron Fox was in the protocols. LeBron never came back from his uh aggravated ankle. So it's been really, really tough to to survive in that situation when my opponents got guys like Nicole Jokic, Drew Holiday, Demonis Sabonis, just putting up bonkers kind of numbers. So uh, it's it's been tough for me, but um, you know it's it's I I was able to stay afloat with uh, picking up guys like Delon Wright, uh, KJ Martin, uh, even a guy like uh, Howell Neto on the Wizards has been balling out. So, you know it's it's been fun, strategic, but also challenging at the same time.
2: Yeah, I would I would have to agree. In one of my leagues, and that's the thing I'll say is we are all in probably multiple leagues maybe four plus and it gets really difficult at this time of the year trying to like set waivers because you have injuries you have waiver wire guys that you want to add and you're trying to play the strategy game in like four different leagues and I actually made the mistake um, one of my leagues I'm actually undefeated I'm 16 and 0 in this league um, I have De'Aaron Fox, Zach Levine, I have Jalen Brown and I didn't notice that this league the championship is two weeks so it goes into next week and i dropped jalen brown and i tweeted about it as if i was like oh yeah i'm mr strategy king but now he's probably gonna come back at the beginning of next week so i'm uh, hoping that i can get him back on waivers uh, but that's the thing is like when you have more than three leagues this time of the season and you're trying to balance strategy and roster and waiver wire it's tough
0: it, it's definitely a challenge um It's been a pretty, yeah, it's kind of funny you labeled it four leagues is probably the the number that we're all at. I'm definitely in five leagues, but made the playoffs in all of them, so I'm pretty happy about it. But overall, man, there's just a lot of, like, to, to tack on to what you guys were saying. This is all about the waiver wire season, and so we'll give more notable names of people that we've been Picking up in, you know, late in the weeks, and then also some drop candidates you're gonna want to do by midweek next week, just because the schedule doesn't lend itself to keep these players rostered any longer. So for a quick schedule landscape overview here, there are five teams that you want to target: the Pacers, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs. Why do I say that? Because they all play five games next week. What teams are you probably gonna end up dropping players from? And Alex alluded to it. Um, He mentioned he's going to have a little bit of heartburn dropping Jalen Brown, but maybe not so much because the Thunder and the Pistons play only three games. However, the Celtics play two back-to-backs. And we've seen Kemba Walker sit on back-to-backs. Jalen Brown's been going in and out of the lineup with various injuries. So I guess I'll start with, in terms of strategy for some of those five-game teams, I know, Adam, you have a a good idea for anyone that's rostering warriors and and people they may want to ideally target for the later in the week. Once the warriors are done playing.
1: Yeah. So back-to-backs are crucial to look at uh, as we move down the stretch. Like Dan said, the Celtics have two back-to-backs. Kemba Walker has been sitting on back-to-backs. He's going to sit at least two games during that, that last week of the season. and, Again, every single NBA team plays on Sunday, May 15th. So you want to try to maximize what games you have prior to that day. And you also want your best, like you want to have your best players playing on that day. So if Campbell Walker has, you know, is it's sitting on that day, you, you can just drop him before that, because, you know, you know, you're, you're going to be wasting a roster spot there. So, and then back to the point on the Warriors, they, this happened the previous week as well. They played a back-to-back on Monday and Tuesday. They're one of four or five teams that does that the final week of the season. Juan Toscano Anderson and Kent Bazemore, the two guys to look at here that might be available on your waiver wire, or that you may have already picked up that you can go ahead and drop them on Wednesday because Golden State only plays one more game outside of that final Sunday, and they're not going to add any value to you for four calendar days. So go get somebody else on one of those teams that plays five games and that from Wednesday on, they have three or four games. So you're going to pick up, you might from one transaction, you might get six games in a, in a, in that full week. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. The back-to-backs huge. You need to understand who's going to be sitting, but at the same time, if it's a team that's not making the playoffs, you know, who's getting the minutes for those guys that are sitting. So definitely keep that in mind as you,
0: as you, uh, you know, make your transaction this week. And, and given that there's, you know, four teams that have five games, you probably want to avoid people on the Memphis Grizzlies because they have such a deep rotation. But what about what Spurs or Bucks or Pacers do you think are going to add some value late in the week?
2: Well, I want to ask real quick. Um, I do agree with you on the Memphis uh, front you know they do have a really deep rotation with grace and allen out though it's really opened up more work for dylan brooks and i mean he doesn't add a whole lot to the table outside of points but if you look at what he's been doing over the last couple of games with grace and allen out i mean 16 points 25 points 23 20 he's seeing easily over you know the mid 30s and minutes if you're somebody that's looking for a boost in points i mean He's got five games. Grayson Allen is already been ruled out a day in advance of their game. So he's not coming back anytime soon. And we already know the coach doesn't want to give Anthony uh, D- D- Melton any, any run. He gets like 15 minutes a game, even when the roster is a little banged up. So uh, Dylan Brooks is definitely not my first choice um, to run to the waiver wire and grab. And he's 62% rostered. So it's likely that he's not available. But that's, that's the only guy I would look at if he's available on your waiver wire for Memphis
1: even so, so the... too many minutes in Memphis like yeah. like yeah, I think yeah, the, te- the yeah. team to talk the team to really talk about is the Rockets right sure. Rockets yeah. Spurs I mean Pop Pop is going to start resting guys he he showed that he's going to rest the uh, DeRozan he rested DeRozan Pirtle Murray on the Curry. same day and and Devin vassell has been starting for uh Derek White so he, he's a guy potentially with five games but in terms of the Rockets like Christian Wood is sitting. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets shut down Christian Wood like they did with John Wall, right? So that yeah. that would open – I mean,
0: KJ Martin I – mean, He hasn't shaken that that ankle injury, really. He keeps on re it. So at this no, point, like, what, what, they have nothing to gain by putting him out there.
1: And, and Jay Sean Tate, too. Jay Sean Tate's been so good yeah. this season that the Rockets, like, literally know what they have in Jay Sean Tate. Why, why are they rushing him back?
0: You know, so I know – you- so, so it must be Kenyon Martin Jr. season, right?
1: Yeah, we uh, is it KJ or Kenyon Martin? I don't like. I know it's Kenyon Martin, some, but he goes by KJ. Some sites, Kenyon. Some sites, right? I'm not really Weird. sure, but regardless, man,
0: he's been hooping, that though.
1: dude. Oh, that dude! That dude's putting up numbers, and he's seen some big time minutes. Just but just like the rest of the Rockets, and what you look for on these bad teams is the small rotations. And that's what Houston's giving you. They're they're only playing seven or eight guys a night because everybody's hurt. And they're not rushing Eric Gordon and Daniel House out there for more than 15 minutes a game when they when they do play. They want they want Armani Brooks getting minutes. They want Anthony Lamb getting minutes. And those guys are now rosterable assets for your fantasy championship, which is crazy to think about, but it's that's just the you know the the environment that we find ourselves in.
0: I mean, Kyrie Thomas just signed a 10 day contract, dude, put up a career high 16 points with two with three rebounds last night. Like who is Kyrie Thomas? Um, So yeah, there's just no, there's just not many people left on the Houston roster or the bench. So, I mean, there's a lot of value there. If those big player, big name players that usually soak up the usage rate are going to be out. So we're going to, Take a quick break here from a sponsor, and then we'll get into the action. Underline, a new and exciting platform to play NBA over and under player props. It's really simple. Just pick anywhere from two to five players from at least two teams and predict that they will go over or under their projected stat line. And you could win up to 20 times your entry value. Underline's unique approach allows content creators to move the line on their two favorite props every day. So be sure to follow us on Twitter for our daily picks using code stretch4, that's stretch F-O-U-R, and reap all the benefits. And to get started, just remember to go to underlinefantasy.com.
3: Yeah, completely agreed, man. Um, Just about everybody that we talked about for Houston is worth a flyer uh, if you can get them, uh, especially KJ Martin or Kmart or however we want to call them. But I'm going to shift gears here since we just talked about the the Rockets. Let's get into the Spurs, man. I know they have five games next week. Uh, Koffler, you talked about, you know, Vassal as being somebody that's a potential pickup. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not really digging any of these guys on the Spurs. I, I mean, guys like Keldon Johnson, to me, has the biggest upside just because of what he can do on the glass. Uh, but people like Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, even if they're going to be seeing some increased usage, they haven't been doing much uh, besides scoring, right? So, you know, even if somebody like DeRozan is sitting or Dejounte Murray maybe gets some rest, none of these guys really excite me. Um, I, I mean, what do you guys think about that?
1: Drew Eubanks is the only one that excites me if Jakob Pirtle sits for sure. I, th- I think when I think when he when Perdle sat the one game he sat this season, Drew Eubanks went for like like 16 and 12 or something with like four blocks. Right. So that's the guy I'm interested in for some reason, Purtle sits, but agree that, that the Spurs don't really offer, you know, a guy like a uh, AJ Martin, for example. Yeah. But exactly. that goes back, that goes back to my point that I want to be agile and flexible and understand which guys have a more prominent role over a two game back to back. than I do banking on the fact that the, that that team plays five games. Yeah. I don't want I don't, five games of Devin Vassell eh, like yeah. maybe, but like, I don't know if he's going to play more than 20 minutes. Exactly.
2: I mean, I'd rather give me three games of KJ Martin over five games of Devin Bastel. And just because we emphasize a lot of, you know, following teams that play the most games during the week, doesn't mean that you just drop guys that, you know, are studs on teams that play three or four games a week just to pick up someone who has five. So it's, it's really just knowing, and like you said, is is evaluating kind of the, the trade-off and the value and, and what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, let's switch to the uh the Pelicans. With news that Zion and Ingram are out, who are the main beneficiaries here? We saw Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball's usage rate skyrocket, but I mean there's still some serious front court opportunity there. So is there anyone you're trying to pick up?
3: You gotta be looking at Naji Marshall, right? I mean, this dude even before these injuries was he had kind of stuck in the lineup. I mean, I know he's not always the the most gifted scorer on most nights. I mean, often he's not, but he's still doing stuff for you. Uh, you know, across the stat sheet, uh, you know, last night he drew the start. Uh, he went, or this is Friday night, I guess I should say. Uh, he went for four points, five boards, five assists, a steal, and a block. I mean, so you're not getting a ton of points, but at this point in the season you're probably not looking for points to, you know, to make up your categories. You probably have your points all set. So you're looking for those peripherals and this is a dude that's going to get you something in just about every category. Um, So for me, he's a a priority pickup. He should be your number one pickup right now. You know, if you're looking for somebody to add for the final week.
2: I have a question I want to ask about this because there is a ton of value up for grabs in in new orleans steven adams i mean the, the pelicans are looking for any reason to rest their starters right now i'm even laughing at their injury report because he's have a, he has a toe injury and they're listing it as a right first toe i've never seen anybody get that like descriptive over a toe injury Is that um, your big toe Isn't then your first I toe i guess yeah it's just weird right <laughs> for i never called it a first toe right um so with that the case i don't think steven adams even returns. so we have willie Hernan gomez and we have jackson hayes who would you rather have between them? And are you even adding one of them?
1: Yes. B. B. Hayes. Absolutely, man. E- even, against, even against Joel Embiid and Dwight Howard, Hayes balled out 19 points, 8 rebounds, 1 steal, 3 blocks. And he didn't even get the start. It was Hernan Gomez who got the start. I think Jackson Hayes is the better player there between uh, him and Hernan Gomez. Uh, I think they tried to put a, a bigger body on Embiid, which obviously didn't work because he showed that he should be the MVP if he played a full season against the Pelicans on Friday night. But yeah, there's. I mean, there's a ton of minutes available and open now in in New Orleans. Um, so I, I'm okay uh, adding Jackson Hayes. I'm okay adding Najee Marshall. I'm um, even okay adding James Johnson if if I'm in a, a pretty deep league. He gets some
0: good defensive metrics too, man. He's he, does. Good he does for some steals, blocks, and some times too.
1: Yeah, for sure. But the biggest the biggest pickup here, the biggest beneficiary is Eric Bledsoe. If if the Pelicans aren't like resting him down the stretch, he played he played 40 minutes the first game that. Uh, zion and ingram were out and that's you can't it's hard to replace 40 minutes of a, a guy who's gonna you know i think he put up like 27 and 7 or something and he, he shot he took like 20 shots
0: so I he. you never want eric bledsoe taking 20 shots if you're trying to win no ever game. like he's like i don't <laughs> even th- i don't even think he's a good he's not a good basketball player but he no, might be a good no.
1: fantasy basketball player for your finals i could be yes, wrong correct um but are the pelicans eliminated from the playoffs or the not, game? T- not technically, which makes me think, like, are, are the Pelicans just saying, like, "Oh yeah, Zion fractured his finger." Like, did Zion really
3: fracture his finger, <laughs> like, or, or they just want to find a reason to sit him? They want to get that yeah. lottery pick, dude. They, they don't like, want to go to the playoffs and lose. Yeah. I'm sure
1: way Zion's way. finger. I'm sure Zion's finger is fine. And if Zion's listening to this, I'm yeah. sorry, man, but but <laughs> I think they just want to sit much like what the what the Raptors are doing and Nick Nurse. Like, they're sitting Fred VanVleet because of hip management.
2: Kyle Lowry too like what's
1: he doing like he's doing like salsa too much like what What? why is Vic, why, why do you need hip management injury recovery well,
0: but yeah, you've been playing but you've been playing Pelicans yeah. are two and a half games out of the 10th spot to the but like, Spurs so but like their stars aren't playing yeah and, and like you know, they're probably going to be done
2: I don't want to spend too much time on on stuff that we don't know um but I mean why would it not be surprising for Eric Bledsoe why is he playing I mean like I know he would be the biggest beneficiary but like what does that do for them, if Be, they're, if because
1: they're, because there comes a point where you're you're like missing too many guys, and you got to have guys that can go out there and like score the basketball a little bit. So like to make you like to you know uh, you're not gonna you take him off the off the floor. It's like it's like well well what happened? Yeah, it, you just they haven't been resting players to this point, so it's it almost like looks like fishy as opposed to like Toronto's like been pretty open about the fact that they're gonna rest players. Right? And they're yeah. willing to get fined. Maybe the Pelicans aren't willing to get fined. I don't know. It, it could yeah. be any sort of reason like that.
2: Yeah, I'm not dropping Bledsoe if I have. him. mean, 70% no rostered. Right. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime before the weekend's over, it's like, oh, you know, Eric Bledsoe, not going to play
0: this week. It hurt his, hurt um, his, r- hurt his first toe. Yeah, second <laughs> toe. So, so what about the the Pacers as the other five-game team? Is there anybody on the Pacers that could remain relevant? I mean, O'Shea Brissett is still being solid uh are you gonna go as deep you know malcolm brogdon's been missing time lately it's really been demonis of bonus who's become their point guard guys who's been putting up monster numbers triple doubles but like harris
1: levert have been eating
0: harris levert Mm -hmm. if you're like uh, edmund edmund sumner i think is out has been out too so it's like giving uh uh holiday a little bit more minutes as of late but he's probably a deep a deep add
3: I don't know, man. Holiday over his last five, dude. Twelve points, four assists, three rebounds, a uh, little over one steal. You know, just two turnovers. I, I mean, that's not bad production, dude. I, I don't know if that's. I think that's borderline standard league value, but uh, you know, which was,
1: games. Which which, game, which holiday games, we though. talk? We talk which holiday we talking about? We talking about Christmas or Hanukkah?
3: We're talking about Aaron, dude. So I'm not sure okay. which one of those he represents, but that's Aaron.
1: Aaron Holiday, because they got because they got Justin Holiday too, and and I can't keep track of which one starts when when uh, you know Malcolm Brogdon and Edmund Sumner are out. I think both of them have been starting recently with those two guys out. But if I'm not mistaken, Brogdon is questionable to play on either Saturday or Sunday, so he could be back in the lineup full time come next but, week.
0: But what are, are we talking about? All that turmoil that happened on the Pacers bench. <laughs> I mean. I don't. It doesn't sound like there's a there's a little bit of contention with the stars with Sabonis and Brogdon, So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Bjork. What's his name? Bjorgren? Uh Björgren. Something like that. Yeah. The name of their their head coach.
2: Nate Bjorgen, whatever. Yeah,
0: but apparently he can't get a control of his locker room. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brogdon's injuries. You know, kind of last into the last week of the season. Because what is Indiana pl- playing for? They're the worst defensive team in the NBA over the last what ten games. They're rebounding points in the paint all right dead last in the last 10 so like I uh, yeah i don't see much upside with the pacers i think they're going to actually be giving those bench minutes to people that usually, usually like the tj mcconnell is going to be a star this upcoming yeah. week
1: yep but they're they're playing for a playing spot so they're not they're not like trying to like lose. you think they, they are?
0: are
1: yeah i mean I they're know. they're 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 pretty much locked in like the, the east is pretty yeah. much locked in washington's going to get that 10 spot and Chicago's on the outside looking in.
2: Think about if you're the coach of the Pacers. You're on the hot seat. You can't get in control of your locker room. You probably know if you don't make the playoffs, you're gone. You're probably gone anyways. But, I mean, making the playoffs or getting into playing game and making the playoffs that way gives him a little bit of a leeway to maybe get one more season. Because, I mean, they have had a lot of injuries. TJ Warren hasn't played like once all season, I think. Uh, Miles Turner's been gone. There's been a lot of you know negative stuff that's happened to that team this year uh but i agree with dan tj mcconnell only 61 percent roster he should be close to 100 in my opinion this week uh i think he's going to continue to be a stud what are we doing what are we
1: doing with uh with the lawn i'm keeping gotta him.
3: Keep him gotta keep him
1: I'm keeping
0: him yeah, yeah so so, it's not, so it's, it's not like it's not like halliburton's out of, i mean he's out of the lineup so at least even if De'Aaron fox does come back and dominate the usage he's still going to have a role with halliburton out
1: He's gonna he's gonna have a role. He's likely gonna return to the bench if Fox and Harrison Barnes are back in the lineup. Because Harrison Barnes has been out too. So you figure the starting lineup is Fox heeled Barnes Bagley Holmes when they're both healthy. So Delon Wright heads back to the bench. And he, he's been a stud. I mean if you're if you're if you picked him up and you're you know you're you're in the playoffs, like he's been almost like a 20 point triple double with he had a game with six steals.
0: Six steals, like who does mean, that. What, what about the four blocks? Oh, like,
1: for, uh, wait, in the same game or? <laughs> uh. Dude,
0: he's, Dude, he's mean, like, he's like one, six one five. Game, had four blocks. it's
3: crazy, man. Woo.
0: What he's been doing, man. He's been a stat, probably the best stat stuffer this in this fantasy championship, man.
3: Sixteen combined blocks and steals over his last three games, man. It, to go along with the triple double, like you're talking about. I mean, just insanity, man. Even if he's coming off the bench, it's still you got to hang on to him.
0: Yeah, Terrence dude. Davis played pretty well, too. I mean, I was rostering these guys in DFS primarily last week. But uh, I mean, who's to say that Terrence Davis still doesn't have some form of a role as well. I mean, probably not as much as, as when Darren, Darren Fox is there. But I mean, he's been serviceable, I'm sure for fantasy managers over the last couple of games.
1: Yeah, Terrence Davis is a pretty good player. Like he's He's been showing out the last uh, four or five games there without Halliburton in the lineup.
0: But are we going to talk about the elephant in the room, the guy that we all hate and have slandered all over the season? I knew it. Mr. Marvin Bagley <laughs> becomes fantasy relevant in the championship, drops a 31-12 and 12 bomb on us, and then he disappears yet again with, like, four points the next game.
2: I, I can't even tell you how much I hate him. Like – I had him all season on most of my rosters. I even held him for a little bit on IR before cutting bait. He comes back and I'm like, I'm not getting in that trap again. I see him drop 31 and 12. He's still available. I roster him. I play him. I think it's in our league that we're playing against each other. <laughs> he scores four points in 19 minutes in the first game. I've had him since I've like dropped him early in the season done. Like I don't even care if he ever, average- he can average 50 and 25 for the rest of the season. I don't want him on my team.
0: That's the epitome of Marvin Bagley right there.
1: <laughs> 19 minutes. The
0: only the only front court
1: guy I want in Sacramento is Rashawn Holmes. He's the only one that sees consistent minutes. Like, like why can't Hassan Whiteside stay on the floor? Like he'll play 30 minutes and just go bonkers. And then the next game he won't play. It's weird. And same thing with the manja, the manja earlier in the season. Like that was that's Burns' boy, but dude couldn't see the court.
2: He's not even really seeing the court for Miami anymore. No. I'm
0: about just to say yeah, he's he's buried on that bench. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's get to some other like some of your sleeper waiver pickups or people that you'll want to consider later in the week. Mine is Seth Curry. Really good the last two weeks. We've seen Embiid's minutes go down into the 20s, mainly because of blowouts and um, the Sixers kind of gaining some margin. Ben Simmons has been out of the lineup, in and out. And Seth Curry's been a pretty good anchor here. He ranks in the top 50 over the last week. Been putting up numbers across the board, but I think he's a low-end value guy that you can get that can contribute a little bit in some good field goal percentages, as well as some sneaky rebounds and assists. And I think that the Sixers are going to start, as they continue to pull away from the Nets here, there's a good chance that the Sixers are going to probably rest either Ben or or Joel um, as the season wears down, and that's only going to give more opportunity for someone like Seth Curry. Danny Green's not a, a spring chicken either. He'll likely be rested. Um, so someone's got to score, and I think and it'll then. probably be. And
1: then on the along the lines of the Sixers, uh, the last twelve games, Matisse Thybulles putting up a combined three point five steals plus blocks per game. That's wild, right? So the uh, the Sixers play. I think it's three games of four nights to end the week. You could do way worse than having Matisse Thybulles if those are some categories that you're looking to you know build up on. Uh, another guy I really like that we've talked about is Fasundo Campazzo of the Nuggets. So with PJ Dozier now out too. I mean, they're really looking for you know guys to handle the rock, and that's that's Campazzo, and he's a he's been a really good uh, source of steals and assists with some threes as well. So yeah. so he's a guy I'm looking at, and then finally RJ Hampton, he's been an absolute stud. Whereas uh, Aaron Gordon for the Nuggets has been trash. And actually, the, looking back at that trade, the the Magic got Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first a future first round pick for Aaron Gordon. Like what a trade for the Orlando Magic, but,
0: but the right? Aaron Gordon trade was more of a basketball move. We all define that fantasy yeah, basketball. Yeah, it's been it's been. Oh
1: operable. yeah, yeah. I think I think RJ Hampton's like a better basketball player than Aaron Gordon.
3: Man, I was I, I feel so bad because I've been high on Hampton for a little while, especially after that trade. And last week I called him a deep league ad, dude. But he's been just he's just been balling out this entire week for twelve team leagues. So. I take my L on that one, take my medicine, but man, dude, that was, I mean, he's just been absolutely nuts. And if Mo Bamba's still available, you got to grab him as well.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I should have mentioned Mo Bamba first. So if he's available, he's your guy. Yeah. Cause he's, he's like a 15, 12 and three blocks kind of guy with, some three pointers like you don't you don't get that out of your center position very often no
0: way yeah i was was looking at uh at the yahoo rosterings and delon wright and danilo gallinari actually has a slight less uh rostership than than delon wright which i thought was kind of surprising because danilo's been balling out over his last three almost 20 points seven rebounds three assists a couple steals gives you some trays almost three a game I mean, and even over the last five, 17 points a game. So Atlanta's they've had a lot of movement within their rotations, but Danilo, even though he's coming off the bench, he's playing very well. So I think he's another guy that only 60, what I see him at 60, percent roster. So I think he's a guy that's probably floating out there if you need somebody to provide some uh, consistency.
2: Yeah, I'll actually name two guys. Uh this one we've talked about a lot on Twitter and, and on the pod, but Kem Burch is less than 50% rostered still. I have no clue how that's even possible. He should be 100% rostered playing for the so, Raptors.
1: So the reason the reason for that probably is because they played just 3 games last week. So people had to cut bait after the the week before that when the Raptors played 5 games. So it's hard to keep him on your roster.
2: It says right now on Yahoo it says he's been plus 1% added um I don't know when that kind of sample size is is but I mean still less than 50% rostered. You give a greater than 50 50 50 chance to get them on your roster and then I'll also say a guy that I'm actually keeping an eye on as well is Armani Brooks um, for Houston I think he's good had six triples last night we talked about Houston a lot but what six percent rostered less than that actually three percent rostered in Yahoo League yeah
0: yeah going back to the Raptors for a second being that they're mailing it in Fred Van Vliet's missing every other game we already mentioned Kyle Lowry has been sitting Malachi Flynn, I think will probably resurrect himself um, again next week with the Raptors playing four games. He's likely going to, I mean, it's just going to be the matter of, of Kyle, Kyle Lowry, a combination of him and Fred Van Vliet sitting that he's probably going to be pretty useful for you. Obviously Gary, Gary Trent Jr. He's probably more rostered, but he'll also be uh, putting in a lot of work with those guys out of the lineup.
1: I feel like, Oh, I was going to say, I actually like yuta Watanabe as well. Um, he's going to, he's likely going to start at least a few games uh, during the finals week. So he's, he's a guy I like as well as Malachi Flynn. Yeah. I'll throw
2: out um, a couple more names. Actually. I'm just thinking about it, um, but we have Jalen McDaniels. Um, I don't know if we talked about him we, I mean- we have in the previous podcast but uh today i mean miles bridge is probably gonna miss the rest of the season he's been incredible he's only 29 percent rostered uh and then i'll just throw this out here we talked about the pacers and any guys i don't think we mentioned doug mcdermott uh he's a guy that can yeah. give you a lot of threes and points he doesn't really do a lot on the defensive end that's uh, hand sho- That's handshoes boy doug mcdermott 31 points a couple days ago so if you need somebody to to get you points or threes
3: and you have five games that's your guy so if we're talking waivers uh just one more guy that i'd like to mention is jared vanderbilt he uh you know he was good earlier in the year he kind of fell off for a bit you know last night he ended up getting the start played 36 minutes he's seen his minutes ramping up uh he went for eight and 11 last night with five steals and two blocks uh but over his last three games he's been just as impressive eight points eight boards and he's averaged four combined steals and blocks in that span field goal percentage is off the charts you know he's gonna hurt you in threes and free throws but the rest of the those numbers are, are really solid. If you're looking for somebody that can give you rebounds and defensive stats.
2: He also uh, has one open field tackle on John Morant over the weekend.
3: I, I saw that dude. That was funny. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Okay. So I, I just want to get into strategy here before we, uh, before we wrap it up. So I, I had on Twitter the other day, a guy said, I have six ads left going into the weekend who do you think I should pick up out of these 10 options that I think are the best? And my mind kind of got working. Um, You know, I ended up telling them who I would pick up. And to me, you know, if you have 10 guys that are kind of similar or, you know, not too far apart, because at this point in the year, you're not going to have a ton of guys that are really standing out on the waiver wire, probably. Um, but outside of the obvious guys, you know, my mind kind of went to how am I making that tiebreaker? Um, so for me, I go to your team need, which categories do you need schedule? How many games are being played? Um, or as Koffler suggested, you know, the stream and drop kind of thing. Um, you know, how many minutes are we going to see? Is it going to be consistent? And then what's the team situation? Is somebody been really good because of opportunity? Or are they going to continue to see that opportunity? Um, you know, is the team tanking, injury situation, that kind of thing? Um, I, I just really want to hear your guys' thoughts because I know at this point in the season, guys are not too far apart. How are you making that decision about picking up player A as opposed to player B? I
0: think, I think- you – you laid, ahead, out the, you laid out the four points, I think, really well. I think it's, you know, what is your need? What is the schedule? Like, how many games do they have left? And what kind of minute allocation are they getting? You know, probably want to look at a trend between the last three to five games. I probably wouldn't go back to ten. Um, recency bias kind of matters in, in the championship. But then also the situation you know, take a look at the conference standings to see who's actually going to be playing for something, especially the last week of the season. There's going to be a lot of movement between both divisions, uh, between the four and four and 10 seeds. So, um, I think that certainly matters as well as paying attention to the injury report, which I know, Koffler, you have a, a thought about, just, you want to, you know, inform the the listeners out there of what they can do to get ahead of any injury reports or last minute information.
1: Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts on this topic um, that you pose, Zach. I would never, I would never, right now in the environment that the NBA is in, with the COVID protocols and and players resting because of the condensed season, I'm not using all my pickups at the beginning of the week. That's absolutely not what I'm doing. So, and then on that point, uh, you know, Dan was talking about the injury report. The injury report comes out every day at 1:30 p.m. Eastern, 5:30, and 8:30. So I can't answer for you a question uh, regarding who to pick up from the Rockets, because I don't know until 530, most likely, if Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, guys like that are going to be ruled out. If if those guys play, I can't recommend Anthony Lamb. But if those guys don't play, absolutely pick up Anthony Lamb and and start him in that game. Now, if you're in your championship week, you're no longer competing with probably 11 or 10 or 11 other teams, you may just be competing with one other team that is making pickups. So you don't have to look look at how many pickups they've used already for the week. Say they've used up all their pickups. You don't have to rush to make a pickup. You can wait to see that injury report to see who is the best guy or guys to pick up. So that's just, you know, another thing to consider, you know, keep in mind, you know, look at your opponent, see what they're doing. Now, obviously there's going to be guys at the bottom of your league. Sometimes if your league doesn't lock players that might be picking up guys because they want to finish in ninth place instead of 10th place. So there's nothing you can do about that, but likely fewer people are going to be paying attention to the waiver wire. And that's something to keep in mind. So just a little, uh,
0: little strategy nugget there as well. Sound advice from the experts right here. So going into next week, we're going to continue to give you guys all of the information. I mean, obviously, the fantasy season is going to be winding down, but we're going to be giving a lot of offseason action for you, talking about um, who are some of the fantasy studs and duds, giving out fantasy awards, as well as talking about plenty of stuff as the off season continues to get underway and into the playoffs because we're still going to be the great thing about us is not, we don't only play season long. We do dabble in DFS. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of playing and, and good discussion that we can have about some opportunities that people gain playing time in those moments. But otherwise just want to give a shout out to underdog podcast for hosting us as well as a shout out to Underline fantasy as well as smile. Brilliant. So with that, we'll holler at y'all next week. Peace.